0: Ladies and gentlemen, in the house with Kevin, Tenny of Tenny's Pizza. I was actually, I don't think I've heard of this thing called uh, DoorDash. It's pretty legit. You can get all sorts of different stuff. I was actually on there the other day, Kevin, and I noticed that Tenny's is on DoorDash.
1: Yes. So even though we have our own delivery people, DoorDash is pretty cool because here's why. Um, If we get really busy at Tenny's and we have a ton of deliveries, we only have so many drivers on hand. The benefit of ordering through DoorDash is that we get the order in, we make it, and they send a driver to us. So we literally could have, I don't know, hundreds of orders come to us where normally we wouldn't be able to deliver them. But with DoorDash, they just come right away, grab it from us, and then they're just taking that one delivery so it ensures that you guys get your pizzas super fast. So that's a benefit of going through DoorDash.
0: That's freaking right. It's like it's like cutting in line almost. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, and it's it's rad. actually the same cost as what you would really? order through us. Yes, it's a $2 delivery fee if you're a DoorDash member. So go ahead and uh, yeah, order through DoorDash if If you guys want to get super fast pizza for delivery.
0: It's just an app that you get through like the app store or whatever, right? For sure. And you can get like
1: tons of food off there. You can get Wendy's burger. I mean, you could get literally so many different food options, not just us. And then it makes it so you have all your card information in there and you can order whatever you want. So we're just glad to be part of it.
0: Freaking sweet. Make sure you guys hit up Tenny's Pizza through the DoorDash app on your phone. Hey there, finding strength listeners quick heads up, this episode is not for kids. It has some topics that we touch on that are very adult, talking about all sorts of different fun things. You're going to hear all about it. It's great. It's actually a really good episode. There is one problem. The audio quality is crappy. Uh Uh-oh. You can hear Mike really, really well, but Bethany and I our mics, for some reason, the tracks got deleted when I was putting this together. I tried to fix it. That's why it's taken us a a week to get it figured out. I've got it to a place where I think you can kind of hear us pretty good, but you have to be in a quiet room. You can hear mic really, really well. So put your headphones in, have your finger on the volume button and, um, it's definitely worth the extra effort to listen to this because there is some gold, some real gems in here that Mike drops, and uh, I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. So thank you for bearing with us. This is the first time this has ever happened. We've never really had like super duper technical difficulty before, so hopefully it's the first and last. Enjoy it. We'd love to hear your feedback. I hope that it tickles your fancy. No pun intended. Enjoy.
2: Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby.
3: Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk
2: about sex. Hello. About Am
0: I working? Yes, I Hallelujah. figured out the technological <laughs> bull crap.
3: We are back.
0: Marriage Podcast, episode number. Who gives a crap? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's more than one and less than a million. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
3: I have I can't no idea. Ever, that's probably a bad thing. I usually just think of them by who we interview now instead yeah. of episodes. this is actually
0: season two, episode eleven. Because season ten was JTM, aka James the Mormon, aka James Kirk. Remember that episode?
3: Yes. That was that, our that most was recent. A while ago. It was, was our last
0: ago? episode. That's two last weeks time. ago, it released today. And we have had about two thousand people listen to that one episode.
3: Uh, that's freaking awesome. Pretty
0: freaking awesome. Which I for actually, us is awesome. I now actually listened old.
3: back to it a little bit because J-J? I was, I'm super critical when we're doing it. I'm like, oh, I don't know how I sounded or I don't, and I I thought it turned out really well. So
0: but, yeah, JTM's he's a good dude. He's yeah, he stuck. is a good dude. And he's actually been going out like doing other podcasts now. and He's like being all vulnerable and stuff. So hey, I, I think we should take credit for that. Because we get, you know, we get these people and we just open them up. (laughs) Speaking of people who need to open up more, (laughs) I don't
2: know who you're talking about. We got
0: the man, the myth, the legend,
3: Mister Mike. Can't just be Mike. AKA (laughs) Sexy Mike.
0: Sexy Mike. Mike Allison.
2: Or just sexy. Sexy. Whatever. Sexy Elrod. It doesn't matter.
3: (laughs) We are going to talk today about some. (laughs) Controversial stuff. That's I know. So stressed. am just
2: very, that. very worried about controversy. Yeah. I know, but guess
3: what? You
2: get to just talk and. <sighs> okay, that's cool. We get to hear everyone
3: getting pissed.
2: You don't have cool. to see it. You want to. Just, you know what? If you really feel upset, please call in, write, email, hunt these people down, let them know <laughs> you're upset. Don't tell because I don't I don't wanna know. Well I do wanna know. If you disagree with me, it's okay. But, but don't gonna, tell me about
3: we're it. gonna talk about <laughs> fun stuff too. We're gonna
2: talk about baseball. Football. No. Fun Sh- stuff. Golf. Sex. We can talk about golf. Okay, Sex sorry.
3: It's my favorite topic. It's a great topic. I think it's everyone's favorite topic, like underneath. They try to pretend like oh, no, I don't like to talk about that or I'm too embarrassed. Yeah, I'm not, so
2: here we go. <laughs> still be your favorite topic, even if you don't
3: want to talk about no, it. It's it's true. True. people lie. They'll say it's not. They,
0: well, the thing that I've found really is they minimize the importance of sex in their life. When in reality, that's kind of an inner dialogue that people have going on in their head, pretty much constantly about, not necessarily sex in general, but just relationships and how to connect with other people and how sexual intimacy fits in with that.
2: So why I mean. why do we have sex? That's a great question. Why what's why sex? Wow. it's fun? Yes, I'm asking. Well, why, why what are the reasons we have, have sex? Connection. connection with who? Whoever you choose to have sex with. Okay, and who else? I, don't know. I mean, I'm <laughs> connecting with my whole species, right? I'm someone will accept me, therefore I'm part of my species. And and I'm not going to be kicked out or pushed away. I'm going to get to be part of this. And my genes are important enough to be passed on in the gene pool. So this is a big deal. This is all about me being a human and a mammal is I'm part of something that's bigger than me. And this is one way that I know this is kind of true. Someone has to accept me. So I'm accepted. Oh, I like that. And and it's pretty central to who we are as as mammals, I think. The acceptance piece. Yeah. The acceptance piece is, is sex. right. Yeah. Well sex because that is the way we we actually connect. We're we're most vulnerable. And what are we doing? We're procreating the species, we're procreating our families, so to speak. So um so all these things are really important. Um and if you think about, okay, this is kind of where you, this might be the first controversy already, but you know, one theory is um when who has who has biologically who has consequences from sex? Men or women? Oh women. Women. What why? What are the consequences potentially? Babies. Babies, right? So so I'm gonna get pregnant and in theory be pregnant for nine months. I'm less and less capable of things and more and more vulnerable because I have to protect this other life and you know I might not be able to do all the things I was doing. And so I have to be safe. And so to be to have sex, to be able to be um, aroused, want to have sex, I have to feel safe, and I have to be vulnerable, and I have to allow all those things to happen, which feels good, but it also feels good to be on the other half of that, which is someone's being vulnerable with me. They're willing to to trust me, which is I think is probably the biggest emotion we have, trust. Someone's trusting me, um, but I think sometimes we forget that when women say, I don't feel safe, it's a big deal, and... I think if women are doing things and saying, well, I don't need to feel safe or I'm taking risks to have sex, that's a big deal. There's a reason behind that. This is kind of counter to who I am, but I'm doing this so all of a sudden the sex is more important than maybe I am. And now we're back to um, what does all the connection mean? When, when does sex also mean things that probably shouldn't mean, like doesn't mean love, shouldn't yeah. shouldn't mean love. Or- Sound, I like that word. Right. It's really, uh, it's really t- it's dirty, it's like, carnal. Like, Almost a, like carnival. We're having sex with a carnival. <laughs> Maybe that's not good.
3: But, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's where sex is tricky, where it's super important. You've obviously, we just discussed that. But it's also everyone's so different. And I know we've talked about this in the past. Everyone's so different where men and women are different. Different women are different, right? Aye. Needs are different. Wants are different expectations are different, and so then you throw all that into a relationship,
2: and it, I feel like, can become a mess. It can and And one of the, I like this, I heard this when I was, um, when I was in uh, school to become a marriage and family therapist, one of the things that someone said was, you know, you either, either a couple's going to come see you because they're having sex issues, or we're going to get to the sex at some point because it's going to be part of the issue, That's and typically right, the,
3: at least part of what's going yeah,
2: on. Yeah, because somehow our reflection of ourselves is really more apparent during sex, right? I mean, again, if I'm vulnerable and I can't feel vulnerable enough to have sex, we got a problem. But the problem is also we we think the other person is responding to us. So if I'm tired and I've had a bad day and all this is going on, my partner thinks I'm not attracted to them, that there's something that they're doing wrong. And so that's very easy for that stuff to get thrown in there just right off the bat. You know, we can't, it can't just be me. It's got to be, you know, something about you or whatever. And again, we have this, I mean, to me, weird thing in our culture where it's like women are always in competition with each other. And and so this is where we start to get some of these problems of and you mentioned some questions but I think the idea of when um, we're in the bedroom the woman may feel like she's competing with a whole bunch of people and the man's just having fun. <laughs> Well, right Well he's not thinking at all Because hey we got here We're good right I, All my thinking is over with We got here And now I've won So Well are great. you referring to Like the pornography thing Like how Well pornography Or even uh, What was the you know, The role playing question. question Right oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right it, You want to role play Because I'm not oh, enough Yeah what was that question I forgot Um well, Let's we, see We if, if We cheated Okay so We put um, Yeah We put out some
0: questions Or some Put out What's it called We just asked people Ask To fill out anonymous
3: questions, questions. Totally
0: yeah. honest. We don't know who this
2: is. Don't care, but we want to answer them the best
0: we can. So. Yeah. Uh, there was a question on foreplay. Okay. Well, play.
2: well, well. Role play would be. I thought there was one about um. There's one about dressing up yeah, or or. Your
0: spouse wants you to be dolled up, meaning makeup, dress up. I hate when my wife does that. Yeah. It's
2: probably her question. She wants to know why I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that dress, honey. Okay.
0: So basically, this person just wants us to talk about when it sounds like a woman. me feels like her spouse wants her to be dolled up with makeup and lingerie in order for him to really be with her sexually.
2: Okay. Now, what? Let's. So, first of all, let's get this out of the way first. When does that sound like it might not be healthy?
0: What are you asking? Okay. Yes,
2: I'm asking both of you when. when
0: there's not dual consent when it's something that one person wants that the other person is
2: okay with. Okay, and so do you want to add to that? Well, my
0: only thought would be when I'm
2: tired, and I don't want to get all dressed up. Okay, so why does it have to be all the time, or yeah. is does this is something that really has to happen for you to be able to be to aroused, person. or for you yeah. to get there? And and who are you with when you're getting there? Right. Yeah. So there is definitely that part of this that's a sort of um, I'm going to use this term in a very non-clinical way, but. In a very narcissistic way of I don't really care what's what's happening for my partner It's for me And so that is probably not very healthy Now, get that out of the way Let's talk about when it probably is healthy You know, hey, why can't we have fun? That's what part of this is about Now, the problem that I hear from that question is I feel like they're not attracted to me They're attracted to something else Maybe someone with black hair instead of blonde hair or tall instead of short or whatever. They they want something that's not me and now they're really not happy with me and eventually they're gonna leave me for when they find this person. Right.
0: There's or, all this like underlying Or maybe right. that's want what he's me? thinking now. Right. And that's not the
2: reality. Right. This not and again like we uh, well everybody else hasn't heard the got the, the benefit of this, but that's back to that idea of women are in all this competition that men aren't really in. And we have these two, maybe two really different ideas of, uh, you know, what's happening. Is it possible for, let's say, a man to go, well, no, it's meaningless to me. I'm with you, but this is just interesting, fun, whatever, as opposed to maybe a woman going... No, I'm not enough for you, and you want something else, and I'm always in competition, and so now I got to do my hair different all the time, or I've always got to be like this, and it's exhausting, I can't do it, I can't keep up with you, whatever, blah blah blah. And now we're not having fun anymore, now it's, now it's a problem. Um, so where would we go with that to begin with? Besides, I mean, come to my office well, when you're here, when you're here, we're going to communicate, right? We're about last right.
0: Episode uh, five. I don't want to reference back to that, but that was like the whole theme of like the second half of that episode was just you
2: guys have to actually have conversations about your sex life, here. right? Because I've got all these expectations, and you know the uh, I know everybody out there in the world wants psychology to be the most complicated art and science combination of things on the planet, but really we're not that complicated. We're very simple creatures, yeah. And so I. I have a childhood I got one childhood And there's really not A lot of place for me To get other things Outside of that And so When we're mashing Two people together In a relationship We're bringing all kinds Of stuff And we're assuming That the other person's the same as us Or I can read your mind And so When we're not communicating We're leaving a lot Out there And if I do something One day And I don't communicate I guess my partner's going to think Well that must be fun For them too Because that's what I wanted And um, But and we're not a very good uh, social group of North Americans, I guess, to sit and talk about this stuff with our partner.
0: So let's say you've never had the conversation. Well, maybe about me. Let's say I've never had the conversation with my wife about what I want. How do I begin that conversation? What does that look like? Is there is there a best practice way to start that?
2: Um. Well, I remember... A person in my life who, uh, when we were first going out, and she had questionnaires. She had like, well, qu- it's questionnaire, I guess, but right answer. It, they were just fun, like like, a 20, like twenty question thing, thing right? Cool. And, and so it was just kind of fun, and it, and it wasn't necessarily about sex. It was about a lot of things, but it, part of this was also her kind of getting a feel for who I was and whether or not we were going to even be compatible. Yeah. Yeah, and so what would be wrong with something um uh even if you sat down and said, all right, what's uh what's five things my partner actually probably thinks about sex that I th- that they don't think I know. And so we we do this, we sit down, we write down these five things and then we share. Them. I think you think this. I think and now obviously we got to be in a good mood for this. We're going to be in a good place because if if I say, "Well, I think you're blah blah blah," yeah, we're in big trouble. But have a couple drinks before. right, maybe, maybe if that's right, or, or not, or or not have any drinks. Part
0: and, of my question is, is I think the timing of this conversation is crucial and that's kind of the point you're hitting on this is not something that you're making love or having sex or
2: no no yeah it's deliberate no it's a deliberate thing that we're going to sit down and and play this game and we're going to do we're going to set the time up for it we're going to do it we're not going to be in the car commuting talking on the phone while while bob sitting next to us riding into work so anyway i think your five things are this you know it's (laughs) like and bob threw a couple in there he thought this was important too but That's not going to work, but I think having the being in the right place, the right mood, so to speak, the right ambiance of this is something playful we're doing, and just being able to talk about some of this. I you said this or you did this, Um, you know, one of the kind of basic thing, um, and I'll tell you how this is. This actually is something I I use even here. Is uh, now I'm going to screw this up. So anybody out there who knows what they're talking about, please don't call in to correct me. But if we think in terms of we might have five or six levels of touch, right? So if I'm just kind of in that sort of energy space and not really touching you, maybe near where the hairs are or something, that might be level one. Um, just barely, t- I'm not, not you know, all you can feel out there. And then maybe level two is I'm just on the skin, right? Right, lightly touching. This would drive my wife crazy. Right. So let's say this is level two. And level three, I'm gonna have some pressure. Level four, maybe something deeper, and maybe level five is like I'm gonna be bruising you. Um, but what happens with that, just if that's the first thing you start with, and now you're you're um in an intimate moment and you're lying, caressing each other, and your partner goes, Hey, more three. That's kind of two. I want more three. Or what do you think that is? Oh, I think that's a four. Give me five. Or give me two. That's way too much, right? And it's really interesting because my wife has a lot of, she's very sensitive to touch. And I was telling her this, and after the conversation, she's like, Oh, that's perfect. I need that. I need to be able to tell you, have a way to get to you that that's, you know, that's too soft or that's too hard. But now I got to scale. Yeah,
0: because hard and soft is very black.
2: Right. And, 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 but if I can say, what do you think that is? Well, I think it's a four. Okay. Well, actually uh, that might be more of a two. I'd like a seven, I guess, or whatever. Or, you know, I I got some kind of idea of what that means and now we got a way to communicate it. Um, the idea of, I don't know if you've heard of this or if anyone's heard of this, this idea of, um, now as soon as I say this, I'm going to forget it, but, um. Well, let's talk about something else while I try to remember. I have PTSD, so I don't... <laughs> my memory goes to different yeah, but, places, but... but um, yeah. So what, what I really
0: like about that is that you're creating a common
2: dialogue. Right.
0: A universal language a, that you both know... Right, a set
2: of about. definitions, yeah. if you will, yeah. Yeah,
0: and that's, that's like a fundamental principle of just couples' work in general, whether you're working with your spouse, whether you're working with your partner, whether you're working with your own kids. If you guys have like this level of common language that you know what you're talking about when the other person says what they're saying. You don't have to interpret it or kind of read into what they're saying. Right. It makes things <laughs> a lot, a lot easier. Do you easier. know what right. <laughs> I would love to know if it's awesome.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. To giggle. I like just like blacked out and went to another place and immediately thought, have you ever seen the Friends episode when they're talking about sex?
2: There was only one.
3: <laughs> That's like, the one where
2: they. The one where. They... And uh-huh. she's oh freak! You guys need to listen. It's okay. It's okay. Anyway. Sounds if, familiar. Anyone who's listening and is a Friends lover, like. Please no, call him. No, and it's so awesome because she sits there and said... they're they're teaching Monica's teaching Chandler how to give a girl
3: an orgasm, and she's like, so first you gotta start at five, and then and she has a, a drawing and point as each of them have a number, each area of this woman. And oh, she's nice. like, first you start with a five, and then you go to a six, and then seven, seven, seven. Uh, <laughs> seven. Oh, I do know that episode. I do know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you guys see where my brain
2: goes? This yes. But, but no, but that's exactly the point. That's, that's um, what Matt's saying is how do we share this in a fun way where we can kind of begin to tell the other person, you know, uh, less out there and more over here. You know, and and we have a, a technique called um, Sensate Focus, which is essentially a lot of work where we're working on uh, s- sensuous, not sensual, but sensuous touch. Where I start to learn what it feels like to touch my partner, and my partner is feeling what it feels like for me to touch them, and helping me know that's not good, that's good, but not with a judgmental thing maybe i'm going to move your hand okay so you're touching me here and maybe over here would be more comfortable for me or pushing on your hand push harder if you're going to touch me there don't touch me there right so we get kind of begin to get that dialogue of how to be mindful and just experience my partner's body in the sense of this is what it feels like to touch them this is what feels um maybe feels good doesn't feel good but this is safe not safe but it's very much about mindfulness and learning the landscape of the other person
0: The reason why, I I don't want to say sexual boundaries, but I really don't know another word. Like, people want to try new things in their relationships. People want to try new things. Maybe not to the extreme, but they want to be adventurous. Do you think that because there's no common dialogue, like the thing you're talking about, that that is... There's this big barrier in the way. And once you start to do these kinds of things, it actually opens up the door to more exploration and more experimentation.
2: Well, I, I think a little bit of that is a lot of fear of what that's going to mean. If if I kind of allow this door to open, am I going to, you know, it's like, okay, let's let's swing from the chandelier. And it's okay, chandelier, well, as a matter of fact, what I would like to do, and then my partner's going to be like, Oh my god, this is this is more than I want. I, I really don't want this. You know, this is obviously we're not compatible now. That the fear is if I if I open some of these doors my partner's going to reject me. Right. Um, although they say, they
3: say I really want to be with multiple people and you're not comfortable with that, then all of a sudden it's like
2: oh great. Right now we're not compa- now we right. Right now it's and it's always going to be coming up. It's always going to be well, I know you probably want to have, you know, the rest of the team here or whatever, but uh, again being able to just have the conversation to begin with. And, and it might be the, no, I don't need this all. I don't even know if I need this at all. It's just, can we talk about it? Can we fantasize about it? And and how, when we're back to this idea of, is it safe to fantasize because is my partner going to feel like this is what I want, not them? And being able to talk about, you know, fantasize. If If I had the couple in front of me and they're saying, well, my partner wants me to do all this. They keep fantasizing, you know, and, and and I might say, "Okay, what's wrong with that? What's what 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 does that feel like to you?" You know, and it's the same thing if I'm uh my partner uh masturbates and watches porn or whatever. Okay, um what does that feel like to you? What's going on with that for you, you know, as far as because it feels not normal to you maybe, but what's going on because is there a part of this that may actually be okay is it about them not including you or is it about something that that's happening or is it about whatever it is that they're interested in that doesn't interest you but maybe something else would um and where's the conversation with that uh and what does that mean you know what does it mean if they're doing this does it have a meaning it's difficult. That's why we're having it with my yes, therapist.
3: because so. I will say. Um, so, for first of all, for me, like we're, we're going to delve into this because he brought up porn. Boom, cat. bring it. So,
2: <laughs> who said porn? Did I say porn? <laughs> Damn it! So
3: first of all, for me, growing up, darn it. In Sorry. In a super religious family, um, <laughs> the idea of pornography was just straight evil. I mean, you look at it, you're the devil. You watch it, you're going to be a pedophile. Like, literally, I'm not exaggerating.
2: It everything stems from one. now. Now I want to ask you this question, yes. and this is so we're, you you brought it in, you brought yes. this in. So well, we want to talk about this. This is an important topic. So so if if someone believes that if my daughter wears a uh, shirt with uh, spaghetti straps and no sleeves, that um, that's not right because it's going to make other people aroused, that their arousal is based on her controlling it, not their controlling it. That's the same kind of conversation with porn. Well, I can't control myself. If you put porn in front of me, I can't control myself. I'm going to become something I'm not, which isn't very realistic. But this idea that I can... Uh, if my coach is gay, I can become gay. If my if somebody talks to me about gay things, I can become gay. If I look at porn, I'm going to be uh, a pedophile or something. I don't know where all that came from. But the idea that I'm going to change who I am because of something I experience or something that somebody tells me probably isn't very real. But that... If we take that, if that doesn't mean that, it takes a lot of power away from things that people want to have power. It also means that I might not change my belief if, if what you tell me you think is good and, I don't, and I'm not a good person, you're not going to actually convince me to change who I am. And I think uh,
0: <coughs> for whatever reason this happened, the idea that watching pornography is going to turn you into a serial killer is actually something that was said by Ted Bundy. Yes.
3: That, that is where
0: you where this? this? Yes, yes. And that's, that's, I think, as far as I know, that's the only time I've ever heard of anything. Like
2: well, that the heard. planet that's would be replete killers. with serial killers if that were the case, right, the, right? It
0: doesn't make any sense, and that sounds like a guy trying to...
2: Well, someone someone that. was trying to, they had an agenda. I know who the person who interviewed Ted Ted Bundy in those times, and that person actually had an agenda. And and so that idea of they're trying to push an agenda and great we got Ted Bundy I mean I don't know Ted Bundy's going to tell you whatever you want you want to hear what's Ted got to lose right and and he's hey all right you want to talk to me great you're going to leave if I don't you know buy what you're saying yeah right exactly and is Ted Bundy the best source of information we have about things right you know. So, well first let me ask you this question yeah. could the Sears catalog the shoe section be porn I guess for me no not, maybe not for you right but again what, what is it that I get some sort of erotic response from it might be very different from one person to the next so your porn may not be my porn
3: that's true and it's kind of like you said like someone wearing a tight dress but is maybe completely covered that could be arousing to someone where right, right. to me I'm Right. But my point is, as a woman, I used to always think, I remember when I got married, and I always thought, like, oh, if my husband looked at porn, that would devastate me. Right. Because, to me, it's what you're saying. It's a competition. So, if he's looking at porn, that means that these women, whoever, are prettier than me. Or will give him something I can't. And so, it is. It's that competitive thing. And as soon as I kind of let that go...
2: It changed things in my marriage, and I had a friend. Well, I have a friend, and if she is out there and hears this, she she will know who she is. But she told me one time she literally um, was contemplating killing herself because um, she came from a very what's the right word? We'll I'll say traditional, very conservative. religious, conservative, fundamental. No, I'm sorry, that's probably a good word. But she had um, she married her soulmate, right? Like we're supposed to. And she said, "I was watching a movie, and I realized watching this movie that the actor I was actually getting aroused watching him, and so therefore I betrayed my partner, and and they're not, and I'm not really their soulmate, and so I probably need to die." And that to me was like, "Wow, that's how I don't even I don't know who could live that, right? But that idea of you know it's way deeper than this thought of it's not just this idea that you know we're all there." kids gathered in the barn looking at the playboy it's we're we're hurting the people we love or there's something wrong with us because we can't just bring it all to here and that's a whole bunch of pressure and then we're back to this idea of what's driving this it might be some kind of religious ideal that i'm not really sure if we can even maintain it to begin with but i'm not sure it's realistic you know and and, and but yeah the whole idea of you know, my uh, my wife, we were going out to get some coffee and something one time a long time ago, and, and she got very upset because uh, whatever she wore, whatever, we're, we're driving out, there, she's like, let's just go home. I'm like, well, why, why are we going home? You know, we're going for a cup of coffee, be around people, see the show. I want people seeing me. I'm going, uh, you look fine, you know. No, I don't. And that's when I first really got this inkling of, wow, she's in a whole different game. than I'm just going for coffee she's going out and it's not that i'm going to find someone else attractive it's that other people are judging her that have nothing to do with me but this thing's going on and i'm not even aware of it you know if you look at men's magazines have pictures of what in them women what do women's magazines have pictures of women, women. Everything is about women, right? You're not looking at men. You're not going, so oh, if I balance that page, look at her. Look at that crap. She she needs to a hamburger or something. But you know, and, and so that's going on. And 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 guys are like, well, yeah, but those are nice shoes. Who cares about her shoes? Well, I think that's what they're selling. Um, but and so it's it's we have a very, very strange society that has done this thing where you girls are all in this competition. That none of us are aware of And it totally screws up this idea of You know, if I look at someone having an affair We talked about that That idea of if And I could tell you this I'm not going to bore you with the idea of how this could be protecting my relationship But let's say I'm having this uh, Relationship with this woman Because something's going on at home And I don't want I don't really want to deal with this Because it might actually ruin our relationship So I'm having an affair to protect my relationship Don't ask me how this happens, but it does So for me, this other person is merely a way to maybe connect, maybe do some, you know, get something out of my system that doesn't feel safe with my partner because we aren't in a good place for this. Meanwhile, my partner believes that I'm in love with this person because in that sense, I want something because this is what our society believes, that, that I'm out there looking at all these other women and judging her and comparing them, when in fact I'm probably not, but once I realize when, when I'm looking at porn, I'm just having a nice time, but to my partner, all this other stuff is going on, and so it actually is a serious crime. Because it's actually true, even though I don't even know it. And when they're saying, well, you're doing this, you're betraying me. And when you look at somebody and go, I'm not actually betraying you. I'm not even thinking about you. Exactly. Or whatever. But yeah, that's really going on. You're in competition with the rest of the world. And, and I just chose to hang out with someone on the other team and screwed the whole thing up and totally betrayed you. Made you unsafe and w- w- how can you be safe to do all the things we need to do because i'm not even sure if you love me. i'm not even sure if you are attracted to me. and this gets really complicated and we're not aware of this this difference. women aren't going to believe that no, it's nothing. it's just whatever. as i it was i it was a moment and there this was and there there we go. that why would i believe that? right? when i'm in the other room.
0: so how how do couples figure out
2: how to deal with this. Because a sure fist fight, they take a, a golf club to their husband's head as they're dry... Wait a minute, this is another story. <laughs> 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 it seems like that's kind of the thing, though. <laughs> but I...
3: That's the... So this is where I feel like this subject is super complicated because you have... and just among different family and friends that I know, right, with pornography. Some couples' pornography seems to be a healthy thing where... They utilize it, and I'm just talking about people I know, so nobody can get offended. They utilize it for themselves in the bedroom. It's helpful. They both enjoy it. It's a happy, healthy thing. And then yet, I've heard of many couples who literally get divorced because their spouse is addicted to pornography or it has come between their marriage somehow. So how can you make it? Is it a good or bad or yes or no, right or wrong thing?
2: It's two different things. I know a lot of couples who uh, go out and like to have a drink together. And they can laugh and have fun and it, it's part of their relationship. And I know other couples who, uh, I can have a drink by my partner. Once we start drinking, they can't stop drinking and they're off by themselves or whatever, or They're passed on the floor. The idea is what's the purpose behind what's going on? You know, if sex is about connection and... I'm spending a lot of time connecting with an imaginary person. Why aren't you connecting with me? And it's not all of a sudden it's not even about sex. Good, and good and so so somehow in my growing up I learned that I had to take care of this myself and nobody else cares about it. And so when I'm in these situations where I'm feeling stress or I need to connect, I go to my happy place, like my therapist told me to do. Go to my happy place and imagine a good place, imagine all this stuff. William. In my happy place, I have these people there and I imagine this and I and I connect with them and it calms me down and I'm able to get back with my life. The problem is whatever reason I'm doing this might not actually be connected to my partner. I might just be assuming that my partner is the same as the people who taught me. They can't be available for me. So we have a serious um, relationship issue based on this person's Let's say, we don't want to use the word trauma, their belief about connections or belief about how the rest of the world sees them and it has nothing to do with sex. Sex just has become uh, the most um, expedient way to feel the connection. And again, I don't want, when we're trying to fix this, I don't want you coming to your partner to have sex. Because we don't want sex to be the connection. I want you to come and connect. I want you to come and talk and hold hands and go do things. And we'll get to the sex. But the problem is everybody gets focused on the sex. It's the pornography. No, it's not the pornography. It's why the hell they're in there connecting with someone that doesn't exist as opposed to their partner who's sitting 12 feet away. And it's not about sex. It just happens to be sex any more than alcoholism is about the alcohol it's not it's about all those other things
0: so it might not even be about betrayal it might be more
2: about unmet needs it might be more about i have like learned i've learned sex has become the most viable way to get my needs met and i've learned that from someplace now um this happens to be something i talked about a few days ago but um Let's make sure I get the name right. Patrick Carnes, who came up with the idea of sex addiction, right? He said um, that in this relationship where their sex addiction, sex has become uh, the relationship that is fulfilling their needs, right? Unfortunately, where he went with that was so now I believe that sex is my most important need, which is where we get to this idea of sex addiction. Instead of taking that one step further and saying, sex is the way I get my needs met, we can take that apart and go, wait, oh, all right, how else could you get your needs met? Is there something we could do with this? And so so we can get back to the problem, which isn't sex, it's my needs being met. And so, yeah, I think we're um, at at the point of saying, what's my motivation or intent in doing this, if if we're connecting with it, probably isn't a bad thing. Now, my partner might not enjoy the types of things I enjoy and I might not enjoy the types of things that they enjoy. So we either have to find the middle ground or compromise or at least figure out what's going on with that. And, and yeah, if I'm a little insecure or a little something and I'm looking at my partner going, I don't, this interests you? Cause that feels kind of endangering to me if that interests you, cause that's not me. Um, so, again, being able to maybe explore the fantasy versus reality and let's shut the door and this is a different world. It's not the real world. And, but the fact that we're using this together as a way to connect rather than a way to be disconnected and that you're connecting with something else. Um, I think that's, that's really the point of, you know, I, and I had a couple who um, one partner said, well, my partner has this you know, porn addiction. I kind of roll my eyes cuz it's like, well, you know, I'm not really sure I go with the porn addiction thing. But here's the problem.
0: What do you mean you're not sure about the porn
2: addiction? Well, I'm not sure I would term it porn addiction, what right? Uh, well, I would call it I don't know, it's a behavior that that's somehow not contributing to our to our relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, people can say out of out of control behavior, but I don't believe it's out of control. It's what's the first thing we're going to ask them to do? Control it. Well, if it's out of control, I can't control it, and if I believe it's out of control, we're wasting our time. No, you're controlling it. Mm-hmm. I I've never seen, I told someone the other day, I, you know, I, I like Baby Ruth candy bars. I've never seen a Baby Ruth rip the ca- wrapper off itself and shove itself down my throat. I'm pretty sure I controlled all that stuff. So that's, there's not out-of-control behavior. It's I'm not controlling it or, or I am controlling it and I'm, and I'm doing something that feels better to me. But when they say, when they're stuck to this point of it's porn addiction, it doesn't matter because they believe that it's actually true. And so when we're talking with the partner, we can't go, "Hey, don't worry about her, she thinks you're addicted to porn." No, you got a serious problem because your partner believes you're, you're addicted to porn, so we got to figure this out. We got to we've got to fix this. We're going to help them understand what might be going on, but you got to not sit on the porn thing because we're going to avoid what's really happening and we're going to miss something that's going to help you instead. But the, the fact is, your right, you're, you're right. And and you might not even be in tune with any of that. Right. And so being able to talk about that, but the fact of, like you're saying, it's coming apart from us, it's not bringing us together, and so it's a real issue, it doesn't matter what it is. And if it's, uh, the problem with the porn is, sex and all this is, we're just so ingrained into this is something, and if you're doing this, it's bad, and it's it's betrayal, and you're going to hell, and you're not going to be in heaven with the rest of us, and so this is a big deal. And then I believe I'm betraying my partner because in a weird way I am because that's what they believe. So I'm actually hurting them in, in a way that they that they experience. So again, the
0: way that you work through this
2: is by communicating. Yeah. A dialogue, not
0: just shutting down
2: right. and turning away, but turning towards
0: and being able to come together and figure out what this looks like for you guys and finding new ways to meet needs that are being met in
2: a way that's not conducive to your relationship right and, and i think if, or probably even to yourself you know so, and, yeah, yeah. and if you um uh and i'm going off the top of my head here so i'm probably gonna screw this up but aileen uh zolbrod wrote a book sex smart and if you open the back of it up and it talks about these kind of i don't know you can call them whatever you want compulsive behaviors addiction out of control behavior i don't you don't have to agree with me but um In that she has some questionnaires in the back, which I think are great because there are things like: um, Have you ever, uh, you know, have you ever ever had trauma? Have you ever um, felt like uh, you had to meet your own needs and no one else would meet your needs? Have you ever used sex to meet your needs? Have you ever used sex to comfort yourself? And if I'm sitting with my partner and and we're having maybe a serious conversation, and I say, uh, "So look at these five questions. Do any of these really apply to you? Have you ever noticed that you're doing this? You know." uh what do you why are you heading off to wherever you're going with whatever you're going with why is that you know we never we got to ask that question why it's you know if i come into my my um son is busy you know cutting his legs i'm not going to go hey that's stupid do something else I'm going to say Why are you doing that You know And it's because Because there's obviously Something going on Well how come that's not The first question Wait wait Why are you doing that And of course they're going to get. Go, well I don't know I, I can't control some blah blah It's nice It helps me relax Well alright Well let's back it up Why can't you relax other ways Why can't you Why is this meeting your need Instead of something else And we're not asking those questions We're just buying the Okay well you can't control yourself So So you're defective So I'm okay Okay good Great so I wanna... Oh, do you have I, no, I was just going to say, I love that. I love, I think that's awesome. Because I think that's exactly what we can. Because we say, oh, you're a porn addict. Yeah, you're defective. You're defective. And guess who's off the hook, right? So you need to go to therapy, get so, that thing taken care of, exactly. whatever it is, right? But the
3: reality is there's, there's always two people, and there's always work with both, right? And when you're in a marriage, it's, you both got to deal with it, you both got to work on it. You got That's
2: the only well, and this, do you do this, this probably is outside of our relationship. It probably isn't about either one of our defects. It's probably about something that isn't working for me. The problem is if I take the blame, I'm allowing you to be blameless. So I'm, so I'm actually trying to protect you. And if I'm blaming you, I'm try, probably trying to protect me, right? So, no, you're not sexy. You're never here. You're busy. Ever since the kids, you love the kids more than me. And that all that is is shaming behavior to get you to stop talking about whatever's going on with me.
0: So you talk about kids. That's actually what I want to go next because
2: I think that's uh, the, that's the what? Thing. not making children. I'm talking about how
0: to find time to have sex, be intimate, sexually. After the kids. Because it's way more difficult. Because you got kids pat on the door.
3: Get him, get him!
0: And you're trying to fool around, and oh, it ruins like everything.
3: It's because yeah, the mom cares. true.
0: Yeah, go watch This is 40, one of the best scenes uh, you'll ever watch. Have you seen
3: that? Oh, yeah. It's great.
2: No, I probably lived through it, though. It's, it's amazing.
0: Pretty
3: they're, they're getting...
1: They're, they're doing some fun things. Yeah. And the kids are screaming, pounding on the
2: door. and They're like, shut up! Just yeah. shut up! So, so and what do you need? What do you need in that case? I need no a boundary. It says, Well, yeah, no children. Never have, bo- never have children. That's my first boundary. <laughs> but if you screw that up, um, if you were lucky enough to have sex and then you actually had a child, let's say, for instance, no. Um, but we need some boundaries. I need some rules. You don't, you don't knock on the door when the door is closed. Or you don't after eight o'clock at night fend for yourself, or whatever, or take care of your siblings, whatever it is. But here's the deal: in this situation, you don't come knock on the door. If you hear screaming, just assume we're okay, you know. And then, and you know, if you're going to call the police, give it twenty minutes, then call the police or whatever, right? But so, but I think that yeah, we got to have some boundaries. I mean, this is this is real life, you know. And there might be the situation of if my kids pounding on the door, it damn well, it better be an emergency, but I'm going to treat it like an emergency because I'm not going to ignore it. But, but I got to know that we're all on the same sheet of music again with that. But um,
0: What about when sex before the kids was like fun and there's like foreplay and it was maybe a little bit more adventurous? Is the
2: word I'm this to may to sound say. kind of therapist-y, yes. right? But sir, this may sound like <laughs> therapy. Um, but I don't know if you know this or not, but um, what does a woman become when she's had a child? A mom. Do you have a mom? Yes. Do you have a mom? Yes. So suddenly now you're married to a mom. Before she was my, my, my sexy goddess, now she's, now she's a mother, right? So I got a whole bunch of issues going on. First of all, it's no longer uh, my, my sex machine, it's a baby machine. Right, that's not sexy. That's kind of weird. And don't ask me to be there for the birth because that's going to just screw up everything. Right Um, now, all that stuff has now it's all mechanical. Now, now you're yeah. First you were a Corvette. Now you're just a Vega. I guess I don't know. But that that idea of yes, it's very awesome. And that and but. It can also oh, confuse people. But if I saw I, I a YouTube
0: video the other day of a guy who looks around as the baby's coming out and he turns and he throws up all of the right. floor and passes out flat.
2: And and so yeah. guess guess how fun things are gonna be after that, yeah, right? For them. Different. He's gonna be seeing me. But anyway, um, but they're also now a mother. And so some of my mother things can get triggered into this relationship that weren't there the day before. And so Again, not that that, you know, and all this stuff, uh, there's a lot of things that happen in, in women's bodies, with women's minds, that, that take some time to kind of come back to where they are. They just spent, you know, nine months or more with their body being completely out of whack and things going on, and this and they're, they're multitasking and creating human lives and all these things. It's going to take some time for that to slow down, but it's also happening for me, too. I got some stuff going on. And so, but I just got to be, you know, who's going to say, oh, well, yeah, I used to find you sexy, but now you're kind of like a mom. And no one's going to say that. They're going to do other things. Well, I'm really busy golfing with the guys, and, you know, I'm busy at work, you know. Sorry about that. You know, you got the kids, you know. Oh, crap. And then we have the kids. The kids are there. And I Can I take 10 minutes without the kids? Okay, seven and a half. You got seven and a half minutes. Um, And, oh, you know what? They're crying already. Let's forget that. Uh, And back to your question of, Where do you find the time? Um, I talked to a physicist who told me that time is constant. We're not going to find more time. It's actually already there. So I have to make the time. And in our busy lives, you have to agree to make the same time that I'm going to make. And then we have to agree to create the ambiance for sex. For uh, for it to happen. Yes, have the exact same although same four hours n- my wife never has enough time for me, so that can't <laughs> actually be true, because I have okay, more so time for her. like, but. I don't have time for something I want or that's important to me is not true. No, it's not congruent. You can make time. Like you're saying, you can make time. I feel like, I mean, we have six kids,
3: and since we started having kids, it, we have always had a date night. Always. Even when we would have a newborn baby... We'd get a babysitter for the other kids, and we'd take the baby with us until I wasn't nursing that baby anymore. And we have done that. We've been married twenty years. We've done that ent- our entire marriage. We try to go once a
2: week, but life's hard sometimes. But How many times? Once a week. Once a week. Is that now? Is that normal? Once a week? I mean, so, uh... well, I would honestly say Here we now it. I know where you go. For
3: us, that was that's what's necessary. I think there are necessary. different couples out there that are be like once a month. We're good. That's like, a mom. That's a good connecting thing for me. Some couples maybe need more than that. All right. But I would say, like, it has been huge for us because, like you said, being a mom, so I'm at home and it's it, it doesn't stop. I mean, I could be sitting in another room and my five-year-old, even if Kevin's standing next to him, will come to me. Yes. To get whatever he needs. He will not ask Kevin. So I have to physically be away from them in order to, like, reset I like to get you know dressed out of my workout clothes
2: and sweats that I wear every day in my life. So you have to get dolled up and dolled uh... up,
3: different looking, and I get to be something else besides mom for a little while, and I think that's a huge deal to women that most men don't understand. They need time to not be mom, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well now I'm Bethany
2: which is who you married, which is who you want to have sex with, right. not the mom part of me. Right. And, and right, exactly, and, and we got that that division between okay, we're back to let's get our minds right about what we want how we want to be thinking about this because yes, I am mom. And I am this other person and I am a, a baby-making machine and all these wonderful things that you see me, but I'm also this woman who you're attracted to and who wants to connect with you and for whom this is important. So, we need to have those Um, differences. And believe it or not, it's not like Hollywood. We're not grabbing the keys and heading for the car, and then we're throwing each other against the wall and going, "Hey, let's let's do this before we go." No shit, I got a meeting in eight minutes. I got to get through. I'm already late, dude. I'm, there's no way you don't love me. No, nah, I don't love you right now. No, I'm, I got this meeting. I love the I love work better, and that's the reality. This there's no when people say we need more spontaneity. Well, I'm sorry, we don't live in a spontaneity society anymore. You 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 have something scheduled from the time you about five minutes before you wake up until about ten minutes after you fall asleep. It's all it's all in there. It's all scheduled you're jamming stuff in there so you're going to have to make
3: time and I know we talked about this in the last episode with you but I stand by this for sure that if you want to especially for men you want to have sex that night you better start working on it
2: that night and 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 it's and there's no way our intimacy can be broken up into you know ten minute moments or whatever. It's got to be an all day thing, and it's got to be a, hey, how you doing? And why would, oh, so as you as you were going out of the door this morning, I noticed a couple things. Right, exactly. Or
3: like we always talk about sending gifts, which Matt knows we all love to send oh, the gifts. It's like our favorite thing. Oh yeah. But
2: Did you say gifts or gift? gifts? GIF. G I. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Yeah, I'm it's porn send, stuff. Yes, yes.
3: And if you set, start sending, like, my husband will start sending me, like, sexual gifts during the day. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. But it's good for me because, for one, I know where his mind is at. And right. I start working on getting there. And it's fun. Like, we have so much fun. Sometimes we're a little weird, and we try to see who can send like the most perverted gift to like make the other person blush. Cringe or
2: something. Right. But we're weird that way. I had to leave the meeting.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But those are the types of things that make you not feel like, oh, we've been married for so
2: long, right? Sleeping with the same man for 20 years. You know, because it's fun.
3: Like we're constantly having fun, and like I don't. With with your question, the once kids come and things that. That's a listener question actually That's a good question You talk about like I actually think Little kids jammed up My sex life Oh teenagers Are oh, so much worse They don't They're just cons-
2: Because you're a little more scared Of messing them up Although they're already Either messed up Or they're not uh, let's, Their values are formed Between four and seven So you're good It's all good By the time they get to 14 You've already screwed them up And you're looking at the They That's already They're probably you So don't feel so bad But um, it's okay To hurt their feelings I
3: She came to me probably a few months ago.
2: And she's like, Mom, can I switch rooms? <laughs> With like, anybody? Goes, <laughs> I, I hate my room. And
3: I'm like, why, why do you hate your room? Like, I've tried to make it nice for you. You have your own room in a huge family.
2: And she's like, I can hear you and Dad have sex all the time. And I'm like, oh my It's not gosh. all the time.
3: We <laughs> traumatize our children. So, my rebuttal was, first of all, I'm like, child, they all have fans in their room. Very loud fans. I'm like, turn it on. Turn on your fan. Block it out. Second of all, I'm like, now at least you know that your parents love each other. So, the question is, does that kind of stuff, act, this is my question, traumatize kids in a bath? Like, honestly, I'm like there's been multiple occasions, like, weird things like that where I'm like, oh, no. Are my kids screwed up? Oh,
0: yeah. My kids have definitely...
2: Yeah, unfortunately you've totally screwed them up and they're probably going to be, I don't know, some kind of weird perverted people or they're just going to be normal. Um, no, I think that that's, again, part of this is we're going to insulate them from something that's totally natural and something that, why shouldn't, all right, sex is fun, all right, we're throwing things around, we're banging into the walls, you guys are having a lot of fun in there, I can't sleep, okay, well, turn your fan on, you know, that's that's okay, but just saying, hey, at least we're normal. Just like you said, at least we're normal. At least we love each other. We actually have fun. At least we like being together and all those things. And of course, um, you know, twelve-year-old has a lot of motives and and emotions behind that. There's reasons why because they could just as easily not say anything. Yeah. But and so there's a, a lot, and maybe they just I want a different room. As uh, as and it, it could be, it could be that. And and um. But also, it's them probably trying to come to grips with, okay, this is real, and it's real for them. You know, it's mom and dad have this too, and I don't know what to do with it. I'm, you know, I'm changing. I'm starting to have these thoughts, and maybe what I really want is a conversation with mom about what's happening to me. And so, um, you know, yeah, and I think anytime you know, especially teenagers when they're doing things, you think teenagers are always. Okay, this isn't one of those things where it's where you can you can't say always. It's always they're always um, emotional reasoning. So whenever teenagers are doing something, there's probably a motive behind it, even if they're not aware of it. So the kid that always goes to school and forgets their coat, so you have to grab the coat and drive to school and give them. Yeah, they want you to drive to school They want to spend time with you, right? So I think any of those things. It's okay to do that, and then later when you're thinking about it, going, wait, why would they? She knows she has a fan. Maybe she wants to talk about something else. What you know, and and it's okay to go back and circle that back and go. You know, when you when you told me about that, I was wondering. You know, this is probably a big deal. Is there anything we need to talk about, or something you want to talk about, or let's go get a coke and I'm going to force you to talk about it, whatever. So. Um,
3: So, you mentioned a
2: word that I thought was very interesting. You said normal. Oh, yes. Here we go. Thank Uh, God I'm normal.
0: uh, What is normal? Uh, There's a question. So, Kevin sent us this uh, article. It has uh, top ten most common questions that this one clinical sexologist gets asked. Okay. Anyways, apparently the number one question she put on there was, am I normal? Right. Is that a question you get a lot? Is that really true, or is this just? It's.
2: A- it might not be a question that I get because, for the most part, okay. So let's. We'll back that up just a little bit, and I think this covers some of the other questions. Yes. Uh, one of the things that we got to think about, and again, the normal, the normal thing is we're gonna have discrepancies, right? You're gonna be the the three times a day person. You're gonna be the three times a week person. So we're gonna have a huge discrepancy. He's an infomaniac. You're cold. so And and instead of doing these labeling, let's just sit down and go, wait a minute, hold on. What's We got different expectations. How do we make these match without all the shaming and all these other things? Because if my wife is telling me, well, if you want to have sex more than three times a week, you're a nymphomaniac, she's trying to control my behavior. She's trying not to. She's trying to get the heat off of her, right? Because I want to have sex three and a half or four times a week in order for her to have a reason to shut me down. Oh, you're a nymphomaniac. Uh, or if I say you're cold, okay, well, I don't want to be cold, so I better hurry up and, and doll myself up and g- get in there or whatever. No, that's not, that's not fair. To say, okay, we, we're going to have discrepancies all the time. What's normal? Okay, normal is exactly what's normal for me, right? Because that's where things are. Now, there may be some contributing factors to that. Because, again, if I want to have sex 14 times a day, there might, you know, there might be something else going on. There. Why is it so important? but I think it's good to have to sit down and go, all right, is this realistic? What's it interfering with? You know, if, if I never see the kids because we have to have sex 14 times a day, that might actually be interfering with my life and I might not want that. If I'm doing something I don't want to do, now we got a problem. Like you said at the beginning, if it's, if, if it's if I'm not really consenting to this, if I'm complying because that's what I think the relationship has. And again, men and women, for the most part in our society, have two or three different definitions of consent and compliance because we don't understand what we do to women in our society. But the idea of, if I'm not really consenting to this, we probably need to be talking about. Um, And and ironing out that um, discrepancy And sometimes it is a big discrepancy, and sometimes there are things, and sometimes one person has things that interfere with their intimacy that the other person is not aware of, and they're afraid to tell them, and all these things we got to kind of sort of get out there if we're actually going to be in a relationship with each other. I mean, why would I present myself as one person, but I'm really someone else? That's not ethical, and that's not fair, and it's not, you know, honest, and so let's get the honesty out there, but... Uh, You know, normal is as normal does Normal is going to be whatever everybody thinks normal is And if you go to the movies, it's going to be, you know, 17 times a day It looks like, but that's a lot of pressure And it's probably not realistic I I heard this made-up statistic Since it was made up, I'll be happy to make it up again Because I don't really remember what the number was But somebody did uh, um, talk to some people And they said, okay, so typically How how enjoyable, and we might have mentioned this last time, how enjoyable is your sex life? And I think the point was about 37% of the time or more people said, you know, we decided to have sex instead of watching TV and it would have been just fine if we just watched TV because it would have been just as enjoyable, right? So a lot of times we're having sex because we're bored or we want something that we're not necessarily communicating. But I think... I think we have to pull the pressure back on that and say, let's worry less about what's normal and judging each other and let's just start talking about what's going on.
3: Isn't there a little bit of give and take when it comes to sex?
2: 17. Oh, sorry. No. I just
3: think, like, I, uh, I, I look at my own marriage and I think back when, you know, I were in our early 20s
2: and my husband's hormones are raging and I'm having babies, so it's not quite there. Right.
3: There's got to be a little give and take because it's not fair for me to say, well, I'm having babies. I never want to have sex because I constantly have a child nursing on me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's not, that, this is how I feel. So you can, t- you can totally correct me. So I felt like I had, there was some give. It wasn't like, oh, you want to have it every night? Well, I'm not having it every night.
2: Let's find right, there's got to be a there's got to be a conversation. And you're right. I'm and sorry. Change, I, I realize you're gone all day and you don't think about kids and I'm with the kids all day and so I'm thinking about the kids, but hey, let's find some let's be realistic shit, here. Because then it's like, okay, now my husband's
3: older. He's not old. They're <laughs> getting older and suddenly, at least in a lot of my friends, I would say, as women get older, well now our hormones increase and we right. want to have it more often and so it's more of a balance of
2: him, me saying, well, now I want to have it all the time, and he has to do a little bit of Well, and I wonder how much of that is less to do with the act of sex and more to do with the balance of intimacy throughout the day. That as we get older and a little more complacent, we're not touching, we're not spending time together, we're not holding hands, we're not um, pausing and... and Doing all those things where that it's actually our our intimacy. Our in- intimacy isn't the, you know, nine minutes and twenty two seconds in the bedroom. It's the rest of rest. I know. I'm sorry. The rest of the day. That's the intimacy. And I think that that's where we get confused. If we're expanding that, we feel a lot more of that connectedness. A lot more of that's there. And the problem is, if we're not, we're trying to isolate it into that. I'm not having enough sex. Well, yeah, because. You're not having enough sex because the only time you're getting intimacy is in that, you know, when that, you that right, when you're having sex. And if we take a moment and start thinking about, I want more touch through the day, I want more attention through the day, I want more talk, I want more teasing, I want more of all these things. And suddenly, um, there's a lot more quality to things, even though we may not be doing anything anymore. You know, it's kind of like, okay, well, um yeah, we can't, I don't want to do this, but you know what I do, I, I want to make out, or I want to hold each other, or I want to watch a movie and hold hands, and hey, if something happens, great, but that's not really the goal, and and what's, are we starved for intimacy so much that we feel like the only time we're going to be intimate is when we're having sex, and, and definitely, what is, I mean, back to this kind of made-up uh, psychology stuff, but here I am staring at my partner who's got kids, and the kids are getting all this attention, I'm getting nothing, Give me some attention. Well, okay. Well, what's going to be the only I I guess I better if I if we have sex, the kids have to be out of the room and I get your one-on-one attention. If we're going to go to dinner, the kids are going to be there. If we're going to go for a ride in the car, the kids are going to be there. Whatever. I'm not going to get my attention, but if we have sex, we kind of force everybody's hand to I get my one-on-one time. And so you might say, all right, oh, god, whatever. Yeah, fine. Hurry up. You know, wash your hands. Whatever." But um the but and so it's kind of that compliance thing, and and I'm probably not going to get the quality out of there and and maybe looking at that and having the the conversation of you know honey, i probably I'm not always available for that, but is there something else we could do? something else that we're sharing something, whether it's sexual or not, but is there something we can just spend some time doing? Do we need to spend more time together or more quality time that's, that's,
0: I'm just thinking like very introspectively over here that is so exactly. I mean, you're like... I've never thought of it through that lens before. But we're apart now way more than we ever have been ever. And it makes sense that a way for us to connect would be to have sex with each other. Rather, than, yeah, just... The, that just blows my mind. I've never
2: thought about it. And if we don't have sex, let's have a fight. So if we have a fight, we won't have sex. So, hey, let's, you know, if things aren't going very well. Maybe there's that pressure going on. And, and again, the idea of... If you're touching me, it means you want to have sex. So now I don't want you to touch me. And now I'm not, you know, massaging your back. Why are you massaging my back? Because you want to have sex. It's like, well, maybe we need to think about where all this is going. You know, why can't I just rub your back and not have sex? And is it possible that I can rub your back and not have sex? Or is that what I'm thinking? You know? And and we're training each other to have all these things. Okay, he's been touching me three or four times. He rubbed my back. We better have a fight because he's going to think we're having sex. Um, or I better hurry up and get get in bed and fall asleep Before he gets there So he'll know we're not having sex tonight Or whatever Not that that ever happens but.
0: Before she gets there right. I've done
2: that too What, well, you've gone to bed early def- uh, no. You're not normal, okay I, no. <laughs> that. I would never try to get up that Ever in a millionaires. I'm a man, men don't do that Men, men don't, don't do that I'm sorry, don't don't screw them. up the whole half of the race for us oh. Well, I mean, half of the species or 58% <laughs> of the speed. 48%. Or exhausted
3: the house didn't overwork. It's fine.
0: Well, I've never thought about that before. Thank you, Mike. Like That was. Anyways, I got, I, I definitely got something out of this. Oh, uh, yeah. For sure. I, I got to go home and talk to
2: my daughter. <laughs> yeah, you had to talk to your daughter. You had to talk to your wife. Yeah, yeah. I had to talk to a whole bunch no, of people. That was really
3: good. I felt. You, I liked your thought process on a lot of things. I liked um when we we're. the whole. I had never heard someone explain, like, with the pornography thing, the way you did, like, with alcohol, and for some reason, that... Totally, that clicked hard. That clicked, whereas, like, that... Because so I've seen that in so many different couples, where it's, like, some, it's a bonding thing, some, it's...
2: Right. ...drafts and...
3: some, one's great, and the other one's like, eh, don't let them drink anymore. So, for me, that completely clicked, where it's like, okay, yeah, it... I like the idea of there can be healthy
2: aspects to it, but it's not healthy for everybody. Right. Or it's not for the same reason, right? Sorry. That's
0: okay. I think an important part of that, Bethany, that you're talking about is where am I getting the idea that is telling me that this is not healthy or Effective or good for our relationship? Is right. that my idea? Did I learn that my family of origin? Did I learn that along the wrong way? Did I read an article once when I was six years old? I, uh, who knows? Yeah. But right. if it's not my thought that I actually believe and I'm just like hearing this thing and being, yes, that is what I should think, maybe there's a question that needs to be asked of what works for us in our relationship. Brain. Right. Yeah. That's, that's for me, I think that what.
3: And that's another way, like, what. Anytime we talk about sex, it's vulnerability. Oh you, yeah. It does not. They they have to coexist in my mind. Otherwise, it's, it's it would suck. But aside from just being vulnerable enough to have sex with someone, then you be vulnerable enough to talk, to be vocal, to say, okay, well, to, to actually talk about if if you do like pornography or what that is, or if you like certain positions or what that is, that's tough. And that's something that maybe is something you work up to, you build up to. I like the idea of, like, these fun games of just kind of opening up because I feel like it's super important and it's not easy. Like, I've been married 20 years and there's still times that I, there's things that make me uncomfortable to talk about, you know? Sure. It's just a like, oh, I don't
2: know not I feel that bad. So why would you feel uncomfortable? What, what, is, the, what is under the uncomfort?
3: For me, it's... Pornography makes me really
2: uncomfortable. Okay, which and like you said, there's some history there. Yeah, yeah. And and does it have a meaning to you? Does it feel like it has a meaning? Yeah,
3: like to me it's dirty.
2: Right, it's dirty, and it's something that someone's I'll use the word secret, but not necessarily the case, but here's something that someone's secretly doing without me that's fulfilling them in a way that I have no idea what to do with that, and it's not supposed to be happening. It's not it's not me, it's anti me, yeah. right? So, where am I at in this relationship? And at the same time, now, if you're talking about you personally, are you really questioning your connection with your partner? Are you really questioning the viability of your relationship? Or is this something that's actually just kicking in out there out of the blue that really doesn't really have anything to do with that? No,
3: like, it doesn't necessarily worry me or anything. I guess, for me, it was just like this, more recently, it's been like this realization where it's I, like, personally now, it doesn't bother me if my husband were to watch it. It doesn't. But I, as a woman, I feel like sometimes you need help getting into that place mentally.
2: Right. For sex.
3: And I've discussed with other people that that has, can help them sometimes. Right. When they, their minds...
2: Well, even like we said, full and- I'm full of everything. I need something to get me there yeah. so that I can, so we don't waste this 12 minutes we've set aside in the day, and that's not fair to anybody. And and, so right. So I don't, I don't necessarily, I, I see the benefit,
3: but it's really hard for me, and I just, like I said recently, realize it's really hard for me because I, like you're saying that, I have been told my whole life
2: it's bad. This isn't my thought, necessarily. Well, so what would in those moments where I have uh, 20 minutes to please my partner, what would motivate me to be ready to, what, what, what exactly am I getting ready for? Because there's a whole bunch of expectations that might not actually be there. What if we say, okay, well... Uh, we got this twenty minutes set aside. We, everything's good. Let's 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 go. And I say, oh, you know, I'm not really. I'm probably not there. But I'd love to just spend some time, maybe laying and talking to you, touching each other, whatever. And if that were okay, then I don't need to be motivated, uh, wonderful, completely godlike in the bed or something. I can just be me and i don't need to have something else that's stimulating everything because maybe i am trying to do something uh, to be stimulated when i don't really need to be stimulated i don't really want to be stimulated yeah, when, right like, there are times when it's not necessary right and and again there's that's a lot of pressure on men there's a lot of pressure on men to to be the expectation of well you can perform you can do anything you should be you should be ready at the drop of a hat when in reality oh, you know i'm probably not going to say no but, yeah, there's just days when, you know, no is probably the right answer. I'm just not feeling it. You know, whatever. I got a lot on my mind. And we don't get that, um, I guess, what's the word? That courtesy, so to speak, that we can just do that. We, it's weird if we're doing that. And and, and God knows like, we're never going to get asked to have sex again. Like, I can say I'm right. tired or be like, right. oh,
3: oh, no. can't tonight. But for a
2: guy, it is. It's a right. what's, what's wrong with you? Are you having an affair? What, what's going or, on? Or, Right. I'm not. Again, we're back to what's. I'm going to do this to protect my partner, right. so she doesn't think that she's inadequate or that I'm not attracted to her. Because we can't actually have a conversation about you're awesome, but I'm just tired, and some days I'm tired. And if the more we have those conversations, and the more we maybe go, maybe I didn't really want to have sex anyway. I just wanted to be together. I just wanted to hold hands or and lay on the bed and that, breathe that's, heavy that's or something.
0: That's something that we talk about nearly every episode where you have to show up as you and if you can learn to do that in the bedroom you might not have to do things a specific way
2: right and if my partner knows I'm showing up as myself and they're showing up Mm -hmm. and the fact that we're together is because we're attracted to that and we get to be who we are you know Mm -hmm. and and then and then we're having a real relationship and I don't have to worry about what's going on because honestly my partner will tell me you know, if I'm really afraid of my wife going to the market and meeting somebody else in the, you know, um, produce section and wandering out, you know, it could happen, but it's not going to not happen because I'm worried about it, you know. And, and if it's going to happen, me keeping a prisoner at home isn't going to protect me. It's just going to keep us from talking about things we need to talk about. But if I feel good about myself and I know, you know what, if my partner finds someone else attractive... Someone's probably gonna find me attractive, and I probably need to figure that out. But but if I'm just scared of everything, and I'm trying to just keep them in by hook or by crook, that's not a relationship. That's kind of a weird. That's weird. So, but it's probably pretty normal too. So.
0: Do you, do you have any more questions? No, I love that. Wait, that I have I have one that I saw that I want to ask, and yes. it's kind of a doozy.
2: Dun dun dun.
3: I get.
0: Like okay. these. Why? Are some orgasms better than others? And are there ways to help a female or male achieve or experience a better orgasm experience?
2: The second answer is yes. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure there has to be (laughs) a way. Well, okay. So, I think on the most basic level, I'm going to go to the second question first because I'm really trying to avoid the first question. question, The second question is, can we improve the quality of... The experience Got is that it. what you said, right? The first one was oh, why are they different. No, you said the first one. You said why are they different, and the second one was can we help the yes. other person improve yes. this experience? Perfect. Okay, first of all, why is that the expectation? Why is an orgasm the expectation? Because it's awesome. Yes, it is awesome. Because... Is it is? Does everything fail if you don't have one? No, but it's <laughs> no. Yes, it's gonna fail. It Sorry. Okay, all right. So that's good. So really the expectation is joy. Okay. Well is is it joy Joy. It Damn, women like use the term joy way more than men. I don't I, understand.
0: Well, that. because it's it's pleasurable and it's definitely it is pleasurable. more um <laughs> explosive. It's more exciting. I don't right. know. Right. And
2: it why. also it also is a culmination point so we know we're done, right? We we can be done with this. We don't have to keep No nah, I'm not saying it like that. But you know, okay, so that's a good all point. right. It was just a question. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, Okay. So assuming that the orgasm has to be the be all and end all, the the, the it's not joyful unless there's an orgasm. But, uh, I got all that. But, Mike, um, that's not true, though, right? I mean, that's well, you just expecting. you both just told me it's true, so it must I, be true. I it's agree. not true for I me, but it must what, be. So
3: sex can be enjoyable
2: without an orgasm. No, uh, it can't. You just said it can't. No,
3: why I said it is more enjoyable. Okay. Than all, right. With an
2: orgasm. all right. So it's just
3: like anything else in life. We're always seeking.
2: Okay, rough. so I'll, I'll put it this way. This is the most complicated sex therapy way I can put this and totally avoid having to come up with an answer, which is <laughs> you're not responsible for my orgasm. I am. Okay, so, agreed. So stop worrying about inflicting an orgasm on me and just be present and and react to me in a way that I want to be reacted to that I've told you and we've talked about and don't do weird things and be patient with me and be patient. Um well weird things unless I want you to do weird things, but I'm responsible for my orgasm. And and Um, which means I'm telling you four instead of five, more seven, less six, whatever. All those things are part, if I'm not communicating, I'm not doing a very good job of managing my own orgasm. So it's
0: about having the conversation beforehand so you know how to... All the time. Right. All All the the time. time. Right. So it's this constant conversation so that when it comes time for sex, when it comes time for pleasure, I know what
2: my role is you know what your role is right we worry about our own right because work. because there's going to be a moment where i'm i'm not done i'm done with you right i'm i'm going to my place and I, thanks for being there but it's, it's it's on me now and that's just that's just natural right, right? i mean that, because that's that's the way we are as animals but um so i think yeah ultimately if i'm putting a lot of pressure on you to make my orgasm wonderful that's not fair that's my that's my job and I, and I have to communicate and if I'm not communicating I'm putting a whole bunch of pressure on you to know what I want know what I need, and to make me happy and men are going to fail that nine times out of ten um, and so we got to have a lot of talk we got to understand what's going on with that to to get there even if it's just hand signals hand and arm signals whatever in the moment we at least know what all that means because we've talked about it now the first question which was why are some... Why are the quality the of some... Than <sighs> uh, it's probably... Well, okay. I'm going to say that's situational because there's some days I would say that... It might be the 45 minutes of foreplay really made this intense and wonderful. Or it might be the two minutes of foreplay made it really intense and wonderful. And, and the fact that we never even made it in the house was awesome, you know. And the neighbors hoped theirs was good too because, you know, whatever. But it's going to be situational. And, I, and I, again, I think what's the... If we're really judging that quality, what do we, are we going for something with that? You know, is it, wow, you know, my last partner was always a 9.5 and you're, you're an eight dude. And it's just, I'm not going to be able to stay with you. There are those people out there. I'm not sure you want to be in a relationship with them, but if it was, again, if it's always a 9.5, whenever we're in this situation and then suddenly it's a seven, now I'm not having the joy I I had the last times. and, and And so I'm creating an expectation that isn't even realistic. The fact that I'm having an orgasm should be joyful. Well, yeah,
3: and in fact what you said in the previous
2: question was if that's on you, right? It's like, oh, well with my last partner,
3: I was this, and if
2: like, you're on this, well, yeah, just getting, get get light. get in there and look in the mirror for a few minutes and figure that out. Yeah, I like that. That's really good. I'll i would I'll, I'll say this. I feel really. I'm actually kind of ashamed of this, and, and I don't know what to do with it, but um,
0: that sounds good. Keep
2: going. I, I know, but it's okay. <laughs> Uh, but there's a time that this is really dumb, but I don't know how to describe it, but, um, there was one moment, I'm sorry, this only happened once. Um, there was one moment where, uh, my wife and I were sharing an intimate, uh, few moments or many hours, however you want to think about it. But in there was one moment literally where I was completely present, where I know I was present, I was right there. Whatever I was feeling was the only thing I was feeling, I was only thinking about what was happening right there. And I've only ever really felt this once, and it was like, um, sacred. It was like for this moment, I was like, Oh my god, I'm actually completely present in this moment. And you can't think that because as soon as you thought that you're not present, but but I experienced this presence, and I was like, Oh my god, I wonder how. How often do people feel that? Because it's like, eh, totally there. And it's like, this could be really good if I could do that more often. But I, I've never ever had that again. But it, it, I think that there are going to be those moments of I'm with the right person. The right things are going on. And this is just awesome. And uh, and that's probably when everything's going to work great because it's it, we're totally sharing. I'm totally vulnerable and trusting and they're trusting. And boom, there we are. And this is what it's supposed to be. And then the rest of 99.9% of the time, it doesn't work out like that, but that's okay. <laughs> if you've had one, Every, you know it's perfect. Right. 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 And then you're struck dead and you I die. I just found my new goal in life, but I gotta get That's, that's my I uh, think if you try to be mindful, you're probably not gonna be mindful, <laughs> <laughs> but I think and that that's. That's exactly uh, correct, you know.
0: is it not? Well, and I think. The thing, no, we'll just go to takeaways so we can kind of wrap up. My takeaway is if I put too high of an expectation on something, my expectation is my problem, And rather, I should probably just be in the experience. And my why for having sex and being intimate with someone is because I want to connect with them. And that doesn't always mean the only way to connect with somebody is through sex.
2: Right.
3: I love that. And my takeaway is I don't think you can ever stop learning when it comes to intimacy Connection, relationships. It's like just even sitting here. I mean, I feel like I have a great marriage and great sex life, and it's like feel like I've learned a lot just sitting here and listening and getting some, you know, thoughts. So just whether it's from books, internet, people,
2: just learning. Of Porn, life. yeah. Porn. Yeah. So anyways, I just feel like it's
3: important. It's, I've said it before, but I'm just talking about it. Always.
2: Being able to talk about it helps me being able to talk about my spouse, it opens things up, it makes everything better, at least in my mind. Well and and I wanna throw, I guess, maybe my takeaway, which is really comes out of what you just said, which is we're always changing. And I've noticed this phenomenon for me. I hope it works for everybody, but I noticed it for me, that you know, when you're 18 and someone's seventy-five, they don't look all that attractive to you but when you're 75 they look pretty darn hot it's like for some reason you kind of keep moving through this and your um let's say values change if you will that you know i know i my wife is incredibly sexy and attractive it has nothing to do with what anybody else sees in her it has to do with who she is for me and that's sure that's always changing it's actually probably always improving and so We've just got to keep moving through that. If if I'm there and it's not happening, we got a problem. We probably should be dealing with that. If we're just roommates, we got a serious problem. But understanding that it's not going to be the same as when we were 17. I mean, not for her, but you know, for me, it's not going to be the same thing. And as we're growing, it's going to change. Our interests are going to change. What we find attractive is going to change. Maybe even what we find uh, connected to or arousing. And a uh, great uh, guy I'd love to... to um, and I better not say this because I'm gonna forget his name. But anyway, um, sex therapist who is also gay, and he said, you know, one day uh, he was whatever they're in their fifties, and and he was talking about some woman that he'd seen and he was talking to him. He's like, oh my God, I'm really attracted to her. And he went home and told his partner. His partner's like, don't tell me you're not gay. <laughs> After all this time he's like, No, no, I'm still gay. It's just but the stuff moves, you know, and, and so sometimes, you know, I might not be gay, but hey, Ricky Martin, you know, if it's a weekend and, and we're all hanging out, who knows? But um So so those things are gonna move and we gotta be able to to deal with that for ourselves and for our partners, if that's the case, and help them be their their most fulfilled and our most fulfilled.
0: Awesome. Mark Allison, ladies and gentlemen. Do you want to? Uh, oh, water. Do you want to plug your therapy practice?
2: Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. So my my therapy practice. Yeah, I we I talk about shared uh, expectations and shared expectations. Is the name of my practice because that's kind of how I see this. We have all these expectations, and if we're not sharing them, we're probably going to fail. Uh, but if you ever want to call me, um, and you find me available, which is sometimes difficult, but uh, my number's eight zero one. Six four four nine six two six. If I didn't fail that, I'm really not available anyplace else. You can you can look up from up look me up online, but I'll probably never you know, well, show up, and that's the best way to do.
0: If you're it. interested in doing therapy with Mike, maybe reach out to us through Finding Strength. Podcast. Even better, you know, yes. And then I can kind of filter those out and, and direct them your way. Uh, I also, in case you guys haven't heard, do a couples therapy and I have on occasion been known to do some...
2: Uh, so are you a marriage and family therapist? I, you're I, you're I, a licensed I'm clinical social worker, right? Yeah. So so are you working outside of the scope of your practice? I, I mean, definitely am.
0: <laughs> because my scope and breadth is much wider. It,
2: it, <laughs> of course it is because, you know, you're LCSW and that's the, the way general, things work. Generalized right.
0: practitioner. No. Um, anyways, yes. So please reach out to us if you want to hit up Mike. Thank you to all of our sponsors, uh, especially uh, Tennis Pizza, for always being super supportive. Thank you to everybody
3: and all the listeners each week. Thanks for the questions. Oh, they you guys have awesome ones today. Really good today.
2: Yes, we, please always send the questions in when it's, when it's a possibility.
3: Subject. So if you can't tell, if we can talk about this yeah. for like five hours, we have
2: to be like, okay, okay. what are we talking about? Today? We actually did talk about it for five hours, and, and then Matt edited it down <laughs> to 40 minutes, so it's really amazing. Have, I'm exhausted have, right now. Right. That was
0: good. Yeah, well, thanks, guys.
2: Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks, Brittany.